0: Here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wake Up Call DT.com, your one stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. Inside of that fast break, you heard from Home Team. The Healthy Quality Service is now officially partnered with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and Dan Tortora Broadcast Media starting here in 2019, officially on January 1st to ring in the new year with the Home Team Pub. And a good friend of mine who has wanted this for a very long time, and that is Joe Khalil. I'm happy that he stepped into the new year living his dreams and making them a reality. And I'm very proud of him. We're excited to be connected with the Home Team Pub. We thank them for everything that they do, as well as all of our partners in wake up call with Dan Tortora and Dan Tortora Broadcast Media. Mike Sofka and I are hanging out here in the Fantasy Football Power Hour, the Fantasy Football Power Power Hour, you know, is not just fantasy football, it's NFL talk and football talk in general. And I want to thank Mike for spending the first part of this speaking with me on the coaches that are out, uh, Doug Marone staying in, as well as some other things happening around the league. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Myself, Dan Totora, bringing you the Fantasy Football Power Hour inside of Wake Up Call every single Thursday in the second hour, proudly presented by the Wildcats Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, and the Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York at their new Location. With that being said, Mike, I do want to uh, get into the fact that you and I have an open opportunity to put our names in the hat of the NFL to be general managers after the announcement that Mike Mayock has been hired as a general manager for the Oakland Raiders. Mike Mayock, as people know, the NFL Network's draft analyst, is now going to be a general manager for the Raiders. As the Raiders go Hollywood, they've hired a former coach who was an NF, who was a TV personality, and John Gruden as their head coach, and now have Mike Mayock, who's a TV personality. So it makes perfect sense as they make the move from Oakland to Vegas that they're hiring TV personalities, you know, media people. So it only makes sense for them to hire two more media people, or for us to go elsewhere. What are your thoughts on Mike Mayock being hired as the Raiders? general manager after spending all this time as a draft analyst and how confident are you that you and I will have a job now very soon?
1: Well, you know, I don't think that the Raiders typically make smartest moves all the time, so it doesn't surprise me at all. I I, I don't know. Let's see what let's see what he can do. You know, I've I've listened to him, I've followed him before and, and, and Mayox, you know, seems to you know know what he's talking about at times but I, I I don't know. It's almost like a situation where maybe he's he's good at what he does, but maybe it's the system. You know, maybe it's the system. How many NFL network draft analysts are there? Well there's not many. So either he's really good or that's just a product of the position he was in. So I'm interested to see how this turns out. I'll tell you this, you know, the Davis family is, you know, signing big checks and hiring people and taking chances by all means. I don't have to make $10 million a year. I'll give you a discount. $5 million will be perfect. I'll be director of player personnel. If you want to come with, let's go, let's light this candle, and I'll try to put some good players on the field for Gurdon. But the bottom line is still the bottom line. You got to win. And I win at fantasy football, so why not give me a chance? Mayock won on TV as the draft guy. Maybe he's going to win for you now. Maybe I'll win for you now, Davis.
0: I guess that's the way that it is. Just win, baby. And Mike and I are successful in fantasy football. I got some hardware this year. So, you know, if you're if you're handing these things out, might as well make a phone call or two. If Mike Mayock's getting an NFL general manager job, then maybe it's time. And, and listen, nothing against him at all. Go get yours, young man. I mean, that's how I feel about it. But ultimately, if this is going to be the case and this is going to be the situation, then I think it's only fair that Mike and I get an open shot at this as well. So, Mike, I look forward to working with you in the NFL very soon.
1: Yeah, I'll be a Raider. I'll be the, I'll be the, what, what, how's it, uh, the autumn wind is a (laughs) Raider. You know, I'll, I'll do all that stuff. You know, yeah, I'm in. Let's go, swashbuckle,
0: come on. I have a really awesome name for John Gruden that I just came up with in my brain, and I want to know how you like this. Since he's getting rid of everybody that was on the Raiders, I think we should deem John Gruden Tomb Raider.
1: Wow. That's that's interesting. I like Chucky still, though. I like Chucky. You know, he's got the expression, he looks mad, he looks like he's ready to kill somebody. Yeah, I like Chucky still. I got to stick with Chucky. Well,
0: Chucky, Tomb Raider, either or. We'll see if John Gruden is making the right decisions when he gets the opportunity. Coming up here in the 2019 NFL Draft, he got all those picks. The staff is going to want, the front office is going to want to see what he can do with it. But now he's hired Mike Mayock. So maybe he's entrenched himself that Mike's not going to fire him. So maybe he's in even better footing now that Mike Mayock is there, that the Raiders hired Mike Mayock. Maybe that works out even more so for John Gruden with that hire. We'll have to wait and see. Mike, I will miss you in your draft coverage, but Mike Sofka and I will take care of it, and you'll have no issue whatsoever. Nobody will miss a beat when it comes to making the good fantasy options and the nfl draft in general so we got you covered with that being said mike we look at the playoffs that are happening right now of course the patriots and when i told people this i tell you this every single year think the patriots are sleeping and they'll prove to you that they're not they're always the sleeping giant they're always going to be that way for as long as they have tom brady and as long as they have bill belichick they were the team that didn't have home field advantage. They were the team that didn't have a first-round bye. And then Houston went and won, and the Patriots went and won, and all of a sudden they're both 11-5. and five. And just like last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers, somehow, some way, the Patriots just seem to squeak in comfortably to get themselves a little break at the beginning of the playoffs. It always seems to happen. On the other side of it, it's fun. The Saints are number one, which they haven't been, and the Rams are number two, which they haven't been. So this is a good situation for teams to be in. Those teams are off, though, Mike, as we get set for the schedule that we have in the NFL. The the wild card is starting right away. So my first question to you, Mike, is how much are you for or against the playoffs starting right away, and then we'll get into the games themselves.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I'm all for playoffs starting right away. Why wouldn't you? You know, why why I, I don't see any other I don't see a reason. There's there'll probably be a loss of money. Yeah, players might get healthy and you know, there's some opportunity there, but yeah, no, you gotta get you gotta get right into it. You gotta keep going.
0: So we're in these playoffs. We have these Saturday wild card games that are gonna be going on and to look at those first and foremost, there's always one AFC, one NFC. So in the AFC we have Indianapolis at Houston NFC, we have Seattle at Dallas. Let's start with Indy and Houston. For those that are going to be betting on, you know, putting something on these games and picking some players in these games, what are your fantasy thoughts for Indy at Houston? An AFC South divisional game in the playoffs. Yeah, well, this has a little bit of you know a high-scoring quarterback duel. You know, you, on one side you got you know Watson and
1: and, and and Hopkins, who can put up some points, and on the other side, well you have luck and of course you have TY Hilton so these guys can put up some points so it should be a little up and down should be some fantasy value there if you're playing in a a playoff league or in daily those guys are all worth a, a, a look of course but you know I, I i think that the coaching of Frank Reich is going to come out he's going to be the guy that kind of makes the difference in this game I think he's the wild card I think that you know even though the game's in Houston I think that the Texans are just a better team they seem to be playing better Luck is playing better Marlon Mack is playing well the defense is playing a little better it just seems everybody is starting to peak at the right time so even though the game's in Houston, I like the Colts. I think the Colts are going to win, and I think the Colts are going to go on behind the strong quarterback play, Andrew Luck.
0: Yeah, this is this is an interesting game for me because the Colts, you know, have been kind. And this is when I this why I said last year was the perfect time for Jacksonville to take advantage of the AFC South because the Colts were down and Andrew Luck was hurt. You know, where you sit right now is the Colts are striking at the best possible time. You know, Houston has some good stuff. Houston is at home, but Houston does not have Andrew Luck. Houston does not have Marlon Mack. Houston does not have, you know, some of these guys that can make it happen. And I like the running game of Indy more than I like the running game of Houston, which I think will edge it out a little bit because they could do a little bit of both. So honestly, you know, I'm going to pick Indianapolis as well. And when it comes down to it, you know, if you're playing in fantasy and whatnot, keep in mind that the Colts beat the Bengals on the road in their last game of the season with Philip Walker as their quarterback and Jacoby Brissett playing a little bit as well. They were playing their backups and Philip P.J. Walker, I covered when he was at Temple. So he ended up winning this game for the team with two touchdowns and one interception He took care of business. Kristen Michael was out there. Brandon Oliver was out there. All the backups were out there in this game, and they won. So the backups got a lot of experience playing a full game, and shout-out to my dude, Steve Ishmael, who played at Syracuse, who I've known for the past five years, who caught a pass in this game and got to play in a regular season game as a rookie. Shout-out to Steve Ishmael. Best possible situation for the Colts. Everybody out there of their runners and their receivers and their quarterbacks were backups. So God forbid something happens. All of these guys got experience and they won a game together. And it's not like one or two guys were rookies or one or two guys don't typically play. They were all, outside of Eric Swoop, who's gotten some time, Casey Williams, Brandon Oliver, Ross Travis, Kobe Hamilton, Doris Fountain, Zach Pascal, Steve Ishmael, all at Philip Walker, these are guys that you'd never see out there. So the Colts gave the, one of the greatest things that they could give as a late Christmas gift, and that's experience to their players. I'm picking the Colts in this one. Ultimately, who I like in the game for the Colts of who we're going to see in fantasy, uh, you got to put Andrew Luck out there. Uh, Jordan Wilkins I would probably leave off, but Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack, not a bad bet. Marlon Mack's had a lot of time off. So that's been positive for him and beneficial to him as well. Uh, Eric Ebron is worth the play. T.Y. Hilton, of course, is is worth it. But they've tried to really get in a lot of their backups, which has rested some of these guys, which is going to bode well for you in fantasy. On the other side of it, for the Houston Texans, who had a lot riding on the line trying to win that game against the Jaguars, they are in a little bit of a different situation than the Colts were. The Colts, you know, just... The Colts really leaned on giving all they could to their backups and ended up paying off. Deshaun Watson on the other side is your best play. And DeAndre, well, I should, let me rephrase. DeAndre Hopkins is your best play. Then Deshaun Watkins. DeAndre Hopkins, or Deshaun Watson, pardon me. DeAndre Hopkins has not dropped a pass this entire season of over 100 catches. He has not dropped a single pass that has come his way. So he is the guy that you can lean on here in my opinion. I am going to pick Indy to win, though. The second game that we're going to see inside of the wild card in day one of the wild card round is going to be the matchup that we have in the NFC between Seattle and Dallas. Seattle plays really well at home. They played pretty good on the road. Dallas, since getting Amari Cooper, is playing tremendous. Thoughts on this one, Mike?
1: Yeah, you know, both these teams are kind of similar. They have identical records. They play an identical game. They try to run the ball, control the game, play solid defense, pressure the quarterback, protect their quarterback. Those are all recipes for success. Dallas ran out, got Amari Cooper, picked up the pace a little bit, turned around a season that was looking desperate at best. You know, so hats off to them. Got the home game here, but... It's Dallas. It's Russell Wilson versus Dak Prescott is what it really comes down to for me. I'm going to take the guy who's got the experience, even though both of these teams play better on the road, I'm going to take the quarterback with the playoff experience, the guy who I think has the opportunity to win this game for their team single-handedly, and that's Russell Wilson. I think if I have to choose between Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott, I'm going to take Russell Wilson 9 out of 10 times. Russell Wilson has a way of getting things done. He's He's got a good running attack with Chris Carson. He's got an excellent receiving core. I say excellent because they seem to do enough to make him look good, but they don't drop passes. Yet they don't have to rely on Russell Wilson's arm to win the game. These guys are receiver, Baldwin and Lockett. They can be bottom-end wide receiver ones, high-end wide receiver twos, and still make Russell Wilson look good because there's two of them. Now, tight end's been an area of opportunity for Seattle, but it's been an area of opportunity for Dallas as well. So both of these teams are almost like mirror images. You know, I like Zeke. I like Chris Carson. You know, I like Amari Cooper. I like the wide receivers, uh, you know, Lockett and, and, and Baldwin. I think that this is going to be a great game to watch. It's going to be an entertaining game. But I have to go with Seattle here. I have to go with the experience quarterback to win the game. Yeah, you know, I, I
0: just think Dallas is doing too much here. You know, as Seattle squeaked into the playoffs. They found their way. You know, in a season where it's like, hey, do you, do you fire – you know, do you fire your head coach? Do you get rid of, of Pete Carroll, or do you keep him? You know, the team is 10-6. and six. They finished second in the NFC West, only to the LA Rams. It, you know, it, it's crazy to me to think that Seattle ends with, with double-digit wins after the way that it started and the way that it felt. I mean, they started their season losing at the Broncos, at the Bears. They lost three of their first five games before they started winning. They went on a four-game winning streak and then went – two and one in their last three games of the season, which included a loss to the Niners, a team that is going to be picking second in the 2019 NFL draft. So, you know, just the way that Seattle's looked wasn't that pretty. The running game didn't start off that pretty either. So, you know, for them to do what they've done and to get to 10 wins, shout out to them and a kudos to them. I like Russell Wilson in this game. You know, Chris Carson is somebody that I would lean on if it's going to be any running back on their team. And Tyler Lockett's been better than Baldwin in the, in the staff, so I like Tyler Lockett in this. Nick Vanette, if you got to go for somebody on the tight end side, he's not a bad pickup. But ultimately, I would lean on Russell Wilson, then Chris Carson, and then Tyler Lockett from there. As far as the opponent that they're going to be facing in the Dallas Cowboys, Amari Cooper has made this into a totally different team. And I love what Shannon Sharp said, Mike. I don't know if you you heard what Shannon Sharp said, but he made a comment, and I want to direct quote him here before I get the rest of my thoughts out about Dallas. But the direct line from him was, John Gruden should be executive of the year because he's made two teams Championship caliber, the Bears and the Cowboys, by trading Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack. So, your thoughts on this? I mean, the fact that he gets rid of Khalil Mack and allegedly never speaks to him, the Bears are in the playoffs that can win the Super Bowl. He lets Amari Cooper go, and the Cowboys, who didn't have a number one receiver, all of a sudden get one, and their abysmal, horrendous season that was going to end with four to six wins ends up being them hosting a playoff game. Should John Gruden be the executive of the year for making all the best decisions? For the other team.
1: Well, that's a testimony as to why they need to hire me and you, Dan. That's all I'm going to say. You know, you can't go on. You can't give away players. You you know, no matter if you stockpile draft picks. Let me ask you a question: How many first-round picks end up hitting? Not all of them. A third of them. How many top-10 quarterbacks or highly skilled position players make it? Half of them. So let me ask you, you had a guy in Khalil Mack who was solid, who most teams would give their right arm and their first-round pick for, and you let him walk, then you gave Omari Cooper away because it didn't appear that he was getting it done. Maybe it was your system, Gruden. Maybe it was your quarterback in Derek Carr. Maybe it was you. Maybe the player didn't like you. Maybe you didn't motivate him, Gruden. Maybe he didn't care about the Chucky thing and the white chalkboard talk and the guys on the side of the bus on ESPN. Maybe he didn't care about any of that crap. Maybe he was just a football player. That's what he is in Dallas right now. Congratulations, Gruden. You gave two teams a chance at the Super Bowl. Good job.
0: So the Gruden grinder, I guess, would be Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack. It sounds perfect. <laughs> so that being said, you know, uh, on the side of it for Dallas, I obviously think Uh, Based upon our conversation, you should know this already, but I think Amari Cooper is is worth the play for you. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott got to sit out the final game, which did not destroy my fantasy hopes. Even without Ezekiel Elliott, I won won our championship game, and I won it by 10 points. So even without Zeke Nasty, I got it done. So I would play Ezekiel Elliott in this game. Obviously, I'd play Amari Cooper in the game. My little sneaky pick is Michael Gallup to put out there. Blake Jarwin, shout out to him. Three touchdowns in the game against the Giants. That's how bad the Giants are. But, I, and not to take anything against uh, away from Blake Jarwin, but who knows Blake Jarwin? And who would have thunk that he would have three touchdowns and win a game on the road against the Giants? So, I'm playing Amari Cooper. I'm playing uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And I would consider... Michael Gallup, if you have to, you know, go out and get somebody cheap or however you're gonna make it happen. On the other side of it, Mike, we have our Sunday games. We're gonna to get to those in just a moment after this fast break.
1: This is a wake-up call fast break.
0: Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn & Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers as well as beyond for decades. The Penn & Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Pen and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pen and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Pen and Trophy browse their products on penandtrophy.com that's penandtrophy.com and call them for more information at 315-422-8797 that's 315-422-8797 the wildcat sports pub in camillus new york is located on 3680 milton avenue In the Home Depot Plaza, it is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wake Up Call D T dot com your one stop sports shop and on mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. Hanging out with you and under promise over deliver. We like to bring you fantasy football power hour every single week, but we always bring you power more than the hour with maybe we should I kinda like that. What do you think about that, Mike? The fantasy football power more than an hour. I kinda like that name kinda has a ring to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I It's, it's workable. It's malleable. We'll see. It's it's, it's a it's, it's a work in progress always. Just like your fantasy football team all year long. It's once you think you have got the best team, you're wrong. You know you got to keep building. You got to keep looking. You got to keep changing. You got to keep evolving. You got to keep adapting. And that's
0: kind of what we do here. So yeah, it that hours, hours, great. I'm yeah. good with it. Fantasy football power hours. Pa- fantasy football more than an hour. You know, I, I mean the the and you bring up a good point. You know. I was making moves on my fantasy team all the way up until the championship game I brought out somebody had left Elshon Jeffrey off for whatever reason I had Nelson Aguilar I dropped Aguilar and picked up Jeffrey right before the game a couple days before the game or whatever I mean I made moves all the way up until I possibly until the last possible moment to give my team the best opportunity to win because I knew I wasn't gonna have Ezekiel Elliott which means that 20 to 30 points were going to be off the board for me. So I had to make up for that. And I had to scour the waiver wire. I had to scour free agency. You're always making moves to get better. And you're always making moves to advance yourself if you're playing fantasy the right way. You're not just drafting and hoping for the best. You're drafting, you're monitoring, you're watching, you're assessing, and you're making moves. Even with defense and special teams, I have no no marriage to any defense unless they're good every week. I will drop a defense and pick up a new defense like nothing if it's what it takes. I'll pick up a new kicker because back in the day when extra points were right in front of the goal posts, kickers never left your team. Now, kickers get fired all the time and they get moved and they get dropped or they get put to the second string and the first string changes. So, kicker, defense, I'm out there looking for that. I'm out look, out there looking for matchups. I'm looking for teams that rely on their kickers to win last second games. I'm looking for all that stuff. If you are not paying attention, if you are not monitoring, and if you're not listening to our fantasy football power hours with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com, and myself, Dan Tatora, you're doing yourself a disservice. I'm not saying that we're perfect. Nobody's perfect. But I'm saying that we do our research, and we spend more than enough time and more than the time that we promised to try and get you ready for what you have coming up. And that's exactly what we're doing this week. And it's what we do every single week is prepare you for what's to come. And we will give you all the information that we have as much as we possibly can to put you in a good situation. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens, they're in a good situation because both of these teams, Mike said off the air, could win the Super Bowl. And I agree with him on this. The Los Angeles Chargers are damn good. They're the best team in LA right now. The Baltimore Ravens, who would have thunk it? The Baltimore Ravens, Somebody at the beginning of this season named Dan Satora, maybe, possibly, said to you on this radio show, Wake Up Call, that the Baltimore Ravens were going to eventually start Lamar Jackson and he was going to be successful. He is the only rookie quarterback in the league that's in the playoffs of the five that were drafted in the first round. He also has one loss as a starter and arguably could have been an undefeated starter heading into the playoffs. He will be the youngest rookie quarterback to ever start a playoff game this weekend in Baltimore, Maryland. This is a tough game because I want them both to win. Thoughts on this one, Mike? Well, to me, this game is
1: almost a coin flip, but I'm going to go with the hometown team here and I'm going to go with the Ravens because they can do what nobody else can. They have the formula that nobody can crack. And it's as simple as this. What are the Ravens always known for? Great defense. They're playing great defense. And what are they doing now? They're running the ball. They're controlling the clock. They're keeping the challenge of the other team. They're keeping the quick-scoring, high-flying, throwing, and dynamic running attack of the Chargers on the sideline. That's the formula We saw it in Kansas City, but Mahomes got lucky toward the end of the game there. They were going to beat Kansas City in Kansas City. We've seen them beat teams ever since Lamar Jackson took over the helm. Look at Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards exploding on this team. All they're doing is leading the NFL in rushing. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be a a career style for Lamar Jackson. They're going to have to adjust this and scale it back if they want some longevity out of him. He's turning into a 1,000-yard rusher. He's on that pace as a quarterback. So, I mean, if you're looking, if you're playing, you know, these daily fantasy leagues, yeah, you're going to get some points. Lamar Jackson's going to score you some points. He's not going give, to give you top-edge points. He's not going to give you Deshaun Watson points. He's not going to give you Trubitsky points even. But he's going to give you enough points to keep you competitive to let you spend your money elsewhere on your roster. I like Lamar Jackson, I like the Ravens in this game. You know, interesting, the Ravens have four tight ends that are carryable, four tight ends that they play, and four tight ends that we've all heard their name at one time or another. Max Williams, Nick Boyle, you got uh, Hayden Hurst, and Mark Andrews. They can spread the ball around when they need to pass the ball, but they don't pass the ball that much. They use these guys as blockers, and then they open up on the play action, on the option plays, on the pitches, and so forth. NFL teams don't play like this NFL teams don't do this this isn't an NFL offense this is a simplified break it down I'm running the option if the end crashes down I go out I pitch out you know there's certain rules that are coming to play here there are no rules though when it comes to athleticism and that's what Lamar Jackson has now on the other side of the ball Philip Rivers is an excellent quarterback
0: thing is we've actually we don't all we always have this luxury but we've seen these two teams play each other already and we saw this in los angeles now normally when east coast teams go to the west coast they have a lot of trouble you know that east coast west coast west coast east coast you can't understate what that does and i know the jacksonville struggles when they go to the west coast and you know the baltimore ravens they go all the way over to la and they win the game 22 to 10 now the, Ra- now the Chargers have to come all the way over to Baltimore, and Baltimore's already proven that they can win going east coast to the west coast, and that game was 22-10. to 10. It wasn't even close. The defense of the Baltimore Ravens made the Chargers' offense look terrible. Phillip Rivers didn't throw a touchdown pass. He didn't throw for 200 yards. He threw two interceptions. He was sacked four times. Melvin Gordon had a touchdown, but he only ran for 41 yards on 12 carries. Their top wide receiver, Keenan Allen, had 58 yards. That was it. That's what Baltimore did. Mark Andrews led them against the Chargers defense. Mark Andrews, who's a rookie tight end on the team, up, down, around the corner, he had a touchdown in the game. Gus Edwards had 92 yards. Lamar Jackson had 204 yards passing and a touchdown, no interceptions. He only had to run for 39 yards on 13 carries. Lamar Jackson didn't even have a good running day, and the the Ravens won the game. So, yeah, I'm picking the Ravens in this one. Now, if the Chargers win, watch out, America, because it's going to be a run. But the Baltimore Ravens—I told you Lamar Jackson would be a starter. I told you Lamar Jackson could get it done. I told you Lamar Jackson would have success. I said all those things. I stood by all those things, and I got laughed at. Well, Lamar Jackson, folks, is six and one as a starter. Six and one as a starter. Or pardon me, five and one. Let me restate myself. 5-1 and one as a starter because he started in. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm right. Okay. So I just fought with myself twice. He started against the Bengals. 6-1 and one as a starter. So he is 6-1 as a starter. The only game they lost was in overtime by a field goal to the Chiefs where some people said there were some questionable calls with the officiating crew. So he could be 7-0. and He's 6-1. The team won 10 games this season. He's responsible for more than half of the wins. He's responsible for the Ravens winning the division over the Steelers, which I said was a possibility as we got closer to the end of the season. The Steelers aren't in the playoffs because of the Baltimore Ravens. And the Steelers have Antonio Brown. The Steelers have Juju Smith-Schuster, Vance McDonald, Jesse James, James Conner, and Ben Roethlisberger. And the Ravens still made it with Lamar Jackson, not Joe Flacco. The Ravens are 6-1 and one with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has more wins than any other rookie quarterback this season, including Baker Mayfield, who set a bunch of records. The Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson are going to the playoffs with Lamar Jackson being the youngest quarterback to ever be a rookie and start a playoff game. They won their division. They did not get a wild card. Everything Lamar Jackson is right now, is what I was trying to tell people about. He's better than I thought he would be. He made Gus Edwards relevant. He made the Ravens relevant. He made this team relevant. He saved John Harabaugh a job this year and probably simultaneously lost the job for Joe Flacco. Lamar Jackson is the truth. And everybody keeps saying they'll figure him out next year. They'll figure him out next year. They'll figure him out next year. It's not next year. And Lamar Jackson was in Louisville wreaking havoc on people for years. He runs the ball. Michael Vick ran the ball. Nobody could figure Michael Vick out. Lamar Jackson, thank you for being the great player that you are because I knew I wasn't crazy when I said it. You're the man that proved it on the field. You're the guy who's 6-1, and you deserve all the accolades and all the credit for this, and don't let one single person take it away from you. On the Chargers side, Phillip Rivers is worth the play. Is this his last run at a Super Bowl? Yeah, probably. It's unfortunate that the Ravens are going to beat him. Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, worth the plays. On the other side, Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards worth the plays. You got to go for a guy like Mark Andrews, go for a guy like Mark Andrews. But I put it on Lamar, and I put it on Gus. They're a great tandem, they're a great option, and they're a great opportunity for the Baltimore Ravens to continue to win their games. And this is a situation in a scenario where nobody wants to give Lamar credit and nobody wants to give the Ravens credit, yet they're going to keep winning and you're going to have to suck it up and deal with it. Philadelphia at Chicago, Mike, the NFC game that we didn't think would happen. This game makes a lot of sense at the end of last season. It makes no sense now with Philadelphia having a very haphazard season, yet they do better with their backup too, don't they? Nick Foles is the reason why the Eagles are in the playoffs. Chicago Bears are getting it done with Khalil Mack, and Mitch Trubisky, who gets no respect, he's doing enough, and Tariq Cohen has finally stepped his game up. Thoughts on this? Chicago's got some injuries, but we know that an injury to Allen Robinson doesn't mean anything, potentially, with the Jaguars getting all the way to the AFC Championship game with him being out for the year but we do hope he gets better as soon as possible. Philly at Chicago, a team that won the Super Bowl last year but wasn't supposed to make it this year against a team that could win the Super Bowl this year. Thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting game for me to watch. I think this is going to be... um... You know, a fairy tale again for Philadelphia. You know, and Nick Foles takes over late in the year. It's a great story. We've seen this story before. We saw it play out on the big screen and it had a fantastic ending and the underdog won and we saw the dog mask and everybody was happy. Yeah, this is like the sequel to that movie and it's just not going to be as good. And this is where that story ends, I fear, is in Chicago. I think. Philly is a better team with Nick Foles at quarterback, but I think they lack the killer instinct they had last year. I think the Bears have the better pass rush. I think the Eagles' defense, their secondary, is suspect once you dump the ball over those linebackers and and penetrating off defensive linemen's rush. I think there's a weakness in the secondary in Philadelphia. I think the Bears can expose that, and oh, wait a second. There's a guy who played in the Super Bowl last year, isn't there? He's going to be on the field. Trey Burton, he threw a touchdown pass in his room. He's on the other team. He plays for Chicago now. Chicago, that could be the difference. Trey Burton, wouldn't surprise me to see you get punked on the same play that you ran with him. Wouldn't surprise me that he comes up big in this game. Good for Trey Burton. Good for Chicago. I like Mitch Trubisky. I think he's an outstanding quarterback. I think he's uh, surpassed most people's expectations when he was surprisingly picked as high as he was. I think that Chicago has an excellent tandem at running back. Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard, I think they make each other better. I think Tariq Cohen is the better of the two as of late. But Jordan Howard had a big finish to the season there. I think the receiver situation is moot. I think it doesn't really matter who they put out there. I think Trubisky is good enough to hit the targets. I don't think that it matters if it's Anthony Miller or Trey Burton. If Alan Robinson's healthy enough to play, I think he will be. I think he'll make the game. I think he'll make the field. But Philadelphia, you haven't been getting it done consistently throughout the year. If Josh Adams is all of a sudden at the end of the year, you're leading rusher, you've had problems. Alshon Jeffrey having to come back and make something happen. Golden Tate. Nelson Aguilar, these guys need to step up. The one guy they can count on, though, in Philly is Zach Ertz. I just don't fear, I fear it's not going to be enough to get past Chicago in Chicago with Khalil Mack, with that defense that seems to be solid up and down, and with that solid run game and the solid quarterback play behind Trubisky, I think the Bears are going to go ahead and win the game at home.
0: Yeah, I'm going to pick the Bears in this one as well. You know, I, I think the Bears got a shot to win the Super Bowl. I think the only thing that stands in their way are the Saints, and I think the Saints are ultimately going to take that away from them. But to not take anything away from Chicago and what they've done this season, Philadelphia, it's worth starting Nick Foles, Elshon Jeffrey, and Nelson Aguilar potentially, uh, Zach Ertz, and then you Josh Adams if you, if you have to. Go for somebody cheap or dig deep, depending on what you're playing. On the other side, Mitch Trubisky, I'm not a big fan of his numbers, you know, but he's due to have a good game, so I'm not against Mitch Trubisky, but I'd obviously pick Foles above him. Tariq Cohen's worth the play, and Jordan Howard, just when you think he's not relevant, he ends up being relevant, so you kind of have to get after both of them, but Tariq Cohen's had a better year. And then Taylor Gabriel and Trey Burton are both worth the play, and I agree with you, Mike. I think they're going to use a trick play against against Philadelphia just to show them what they lost and to kind of, kind of say thank you, a backhanded thank you, for giving them Trey Burton and and letting him go. So the way that it looks for Mike and I in this grand scheme of things is, you know, we've pretty much uh, agreed across the board here on what's going to happen in the playoffs. So, you know, we're here in the wild card of, of the NFL and the NFC and the AFC are, are getting ready and getting set for this. I'm very excited about what's to come, and we'll see how we do here. Stay in touch with us on YouTube.com backslash WakeUpCallDT and on, on uh, Twitter at CallDT, Facebook at call underscore DT, because Mike and I are going to be posting a video coming up here about all of our picks all the way to our Super Bowl champion and our score coming up very shortly. So with that being said, with the fantasy talk, the coaching talk, the West Virginia-Syracuse talk, and ultimately the talk on the playoffs and who's going to win this thing. Mike, I want to thank you for the time that we got to spend together, and I appreciate you being here as always. All right. It was great, Dan. Thanks, and I'll talk to you soon. Happy New Year, sir. You too. All right. Take care. That coming from Mike Sofka once again here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Every Thursday, under-promise, over-deliver. We say we go from 10 to 11. We always go past 11. So – That's the beauty of it all is you anticipate listening to an hour of us talking and two hours of the show overall, and we always give you a little bit more. Wake Up Call with Dan Satora is live tomorrow with the Annoying Moment of the Week at 9 a.m. Eastern Time with Carvel DeWitt proudly bringing it to you as we start our official 10th year together this week. Congratulations on a decade (laughs) together, Carvel DeWitt. I have two ice cream cakes in my freezer And I'm very excited about that. I have a snowman cake and I have a Grinch cake. And I can't wait to cut in to those and enjoy them both to celebrate 10 years strong with Carvel DeWitt. Thanks to Jay Cartini and the entire staff over at Carvel. I also want to put a special uh, thanks out. Significant sound bites will be with you tomorrow. We're going to have a nice half-hour conversation with Jason Lucas about UCF and the college football climate as a whole. I can't wait to share that with you tomorrow. And, of course, in the second hour of the show, Friday morning live, we'll have some fun with that inside of the studios. We'll have ourselves a good time. So look forward to talking with you. Look forward to being with you this Friday and every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. Happy New Year once again, and God bless to each and every single one of you. Keep it close to Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, and Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Always on for you on WakeUpCallDT.com with articles, videos, and an archive of over 1,000 shows on WakeUpCallDT.com. You can click on Stitcher, Tune In, YouTube, iTunes, the RSS feed, the Podbean Podcast as well as Spotify and so much more to listen to the show on your favorite platform. You can also ask Alexa to play Wake Up Call with Dan and she can do that for you as well. And, of course, here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT every Monday through Friday from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern time at least. We're very excited for what's coming up. I wish a very safe travels to OCC and I thank the women's basketball head coach Mike Wheeler for being on the show. I hope they come back with a couple victories and obviously I hope they have a safe and sound beautiful wonderful trip and that they enjoy sunny Florida that I just got back from. So God bless to you and uh, and have yourselves a great time. Thank you to Papa Joe and our Always exciting and very deep and multi-layered lasagna of a conversation about college football and the NFL and the Jaguars. And, of course, thanks to Mike Sofka of HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com. Have yourselves a tremendous day. Be good to one another. Make the healthy choice always. And God bless each and every single one of you. I'll talk with you Friday morning for TGIF. For this time, it's TGIT, and I'll talk with you soon.